You're listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And now, here's your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. Hello, John. Thank you for joining me on The Powerful Creator Show. Well, I am very excited to be here. We've had some fun talking before the show. I'm really looking forward to see what happens now. I know, right? I was like, we should be recording this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we dive into the next part of our conversation, I love to jump off with the question, and I'm really excited to hear your answer, is what it means to you to be a powerful creator. What it means to me to be a powerful creator. What it means to me is exactly what's been promised to us throughout all time is that we are the creators of our experience with whatever source it is you believe in. And, you know, Buddha says, um, what you think you become, you create your world. Gandhi says, uh, you are, um, he says, uh, you must be the change that you want to see in the world. And uh, Krishna said, you are the culmination of your thought. So the more you think and the more you put in your in your in your space and thought word and deed put into action, what happens is you can create anything to your experience. And so to be a powerful creator means you get to choose and create in a positive way, not a negative way. Mm, ooh, I like that spin because you're creating either way. You're acknowledging yes. that either way you're creating. You're not as powerful when you when you when you create negatively. Yeah. Where does negativity or negative creation come from? Negative creation always comes from fear. We, we look at our fears, but the, the biggest problem that most people have, and Buddha said the secret to enlightenment is the eradication of fear. Um, but when you look at fear in general, fear is just an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with the expectation that there's going to be a negative outcome. Mm-hmm. It literally is just negatively focused on certainty. Right. And so because it's negatively focused on certainty, we get in our fears and then we get into our negativity. The mm-hmm. tough part is, and this is now getting out of spirituality and into brain science, you know, we only have one conscious moment that we live and it's our present moment. Right. And our subconscious mind behind us is filled with memories of our of our present moments stacked in there. And but our subconscious mind has two jobs. The subconscious mind first stores those memories so that we can create a subconscious belief. And it also, its second job is to help us achieve whatever we focus on in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I can prove it to you. Have you ever bought a car? Yes. Okay. Did you choose what kind of car you wanted before you went to the store to buy it? Absolutely. So once you made that choice, did you start seeing that car everywhere? Everywhere. Yes. Everywhere, right? Because <laughs> you made yeah. a conscious choice and your subconscious mind kicked in to help you achieve it. The problem with people who get into the negative mindset is they're consciously choosing negativity mm-hmm. and they're powerfully creating, seeing it because the subconscious mind is showing it to them. Absolutely. And you create, when you're focused on what you don't want, you're creating more of what you don't want. And like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and G- if you look in the Bible, Jesus says, uh, you, you must be born again, the most misunderstood statement in the world. I agree. Right. The the thing is that that statement just means put your crap down. Yes. And start something new and start stacking new present moment memories in your subconscious mind. Exactly. It means and it means that you can take on a new form of consciousness. You can mm-hmm. think different things. You can experiment with different things. And, you know. If there's anything being done in the world, that means that you can also do it too. And I'm like, like, it's trying on, um, I look at it as trying on forms of consciousness. It's like, well, what, what form of consciousness or what does that person have that's 
has has them have whatever it is that I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Well, you know, it, it's interesting you say that because uh, I don't know if you delved into my background very deeply, but nope. I, um, well, that's so good because uh, in my life I have been a professional stuntman, a fight director, a, a, a director of plays, a college professor, a <laughs> uh, artistic director of theme parks, a landscape uh, designer, and now I'm a keynote speaker, right? And all of them were me going, what do I want to do now? Love it. What do I want to create now? And I was successful in every one of them. Now, I will tell you, I did have a, a thing that happened to me early on that kick-started me in, the, in that direction. Okay. Um, so I, my first goal was to be a stuntman and fight director. And I was a young buck with long Fabio hair, unlike this <laughs> style I have now. Right? This, is, this is not a bald spot. This is a solar panel for love. I'm <laughs> using my powers of visualization. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so I have this... Uh, I, I had this desire, this dream, and um, so I started, you know, when when you put out an intention like that to God, universe, consciousness, whatever you call it, uh, I'm going to say God because that, you know, my mom's Catholic, <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> so uh, um, when you put out a, a, an intention like that to, the, to God, God's going to put things in your pathway to get them, and what happened to me was I put the intention out to be a stuntman, a fight director, and doing all that thing, and got drugged to a renaissance festival, fell madly in love with that, ended up meeting two of the top fight directors in the world who thought I had talent and actually said to me, we think you have talent as an actor and a combatant and we want to give you our training for free. So to clarify, were you working at the renaissance festival? But when I met them, I was. When I, wow. first, went, when I first went, I was not. Okay. And I, I was drugged to a renaissance festival, kicking and screaming in a costume. The guy made me wear a costume. <laughs> And I was like, eh, well, whatever, you know. You're Prince bitch. Fabio. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I was Darian the Barbarian as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had, he he put me in armor with a Viking helmet and a giant battle axe, and wow. I, I look I looked great. And it was a real. It was interesting because uh, one of the things that I noticed in, in when you talk about the things that you talk about on your on your podcast, um, I had a very abusive father, and and I was a I was a complete introvert when I was, I was a kid, mm. and I had no self esteem whatsoever. And that Renaissance Festival. And me in that Viking costume brought me completely out of my shell because wow. suddenly that one day I had people wanting to take their pictures of me and be around me. And here I was, I'm a six foot one, 275 pound man. And back then I was about 225 and, and I looked like a bodybuilder. I was big and yeah. strong. Yeah. And so here I was in this big Viking outfit and they were like, oh my God, look at that guy, you know, with a big beard and a little bit. And, uh. So they, uh, I, I was the next year. I went back. I had my own damn costume. <laughs> 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 and then the third year, I went back. The entertainment director of that festival said, "I really like what you do when you're here. Why don't you come join the cast?" So he I brought me into the cast. And then the next year, I met these two fight directors wow. who who gave me their training. And so I here I am now. I'm buff. I'm strong. I'm lifting weights. I'm make, going for my black belt in martial arts. I'm doing all kinds of things. And you know, because I'm as a fight director, you have to have some some of those kind of backgrounds. Buddy of mine calls me up, says, hey, you want to help me unload my van? Which, you know, I now debate whether he truly was a buddy because you don't really ask your buddies to come over and help you move or that, that kind of thing. No. <laughs> all right. All right. But, yeah, okay. So I said, sure. To me, it was another workout. It was like I'm going to go help right. him unload. Just, you know, strong. You know, he was a professional potter. He made beautiful pottery. Mm. And his van was filled with 80-pound boxes of clay. Wow. And I climbed up into the van because I'm buff and strong and got my Fabio hair all blowing in the wind. I grabbed that first box 
and I turned to set it outside of the van, mm. and my upper body separated from my lower body. Oh my gosh! And, and I mean, my spine clicked Just in two. Broke. I got taken to the hospital. Doctor says to me, "John, you have a condition known as spina bifida occulta." I said, "Gesundheit." Because uh, I had no idea what that was. Wow. Um, I have three vertebrae that never formed properly at birth. And that day with that extra 80 pounds of clay, that little twist unscrewed my upper spine from my lower spine. Wow. And pinched off my spinal column. So now here I am lying in a hospital bed. And the doctor literally said to me, you will never have a physical career. You, If you wanted to be a stuntman, don't even think about that now. Mm. You'll never be able to do that. Your dreams are done pretty much. And lying in that hospital bed, someone gave me a book by, oddly enough, Bruce Lee. Um, <laughs> he gave me the book because Bruce Lee wrote the book when he was lying in a hospital bed. Wow. Unable to do his martial arts and was just told he can't do his martial arts or lift weights again. Wow. So we were in the exact same position. And in the book, the book is literally a book about his philosophy towards martial arts. And there's a whole section in there about being like water. Mm-hmm. being flexible when things come into your life. Mm. And so I, t- I, I latched on to that, that mental flexibility. Adversity comes into your life, and, and you've got to stay very present, right, in your I am moment, right, in, in your God consciousness moment. So here I am now taking my, my present moment, and I started stacking successful present moments. And, you know, today I'm moving my toes. You know, tomorrow I'll move my ankles, you know. So a month goes by, and I'm sitting up. Um, a year goes by, I'm back to being able to walk like a normal person. Wow. A year and six months, I jumped off a three-story tower <laughs> into a fall. Wow. Tower. I have since done 4,000, over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including the front lines of both Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. Wow. <laughs> all right. Wow. And, my spirituality was a big part of it, but that idea of being a conscious creator, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to allow someone else to define my life and who right. I was, make my creation for me. Because if they do, if I allow that, I'm living their life and not mine. Oh, my gosh. I, I want to dive into that. You said so much there to unpack. and about <laughs> Please dig in. <laughs> especially when somebody labels somebody like that and makes a declaration for their life that in that moment you had a choice. So tell me about like, how did you feel? What was the hope? How did you, how did you say, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, it, it, there's a couple things that happened in that moment. Well, when he first told me that I went, I went to the dark place. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to end, I wanted to be done because yeah. my whole life to that moment had been building up to the fact that I was going to be a stuntman. And, um, I was only 22 years old. Mm. That's young, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was in that dark place, and then that book came, and that came. But um, when I finally decided that 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 it was not his choice and it was mine, was after reading that book and seeing that mental flexibility. But the interesting thing was when I made that choice, and there was a specific moment I made the choice. My whole outlook changed instantly. My whole belief changed instantly. Mm. And when I changed my belief, I changed my attitude towards it. And I yeah. changed my, my, my conscious motion. And, you know, in my life, I've had very many, very many 
ridiculously spiritual things happen <laughs> in my life. You know, I was a kid. I, I was the kid who had all the imaginary friends that he could see and nobody else could. Yeah. Right. I was that kid. I was the kid who his brothers and sisters tell him now about the out of body experiences that I had as a kid that I don't remember mm. me talking to the saying, saying I'm taller than you. I'm on the ceiling, you know, wow. all those things. And then, um, so I, I had all those spiritual experience, but I had kind of really, kind of really suppressed them because it wasn't really, it wasn't Catholic. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and years later, when my mom, just before my mom passed away, we got really close and I was really blessed because when I turned 18, mom said, you don't have to be a Catholic. You can, you, you know, I only brought you to, uh, to 18. Now you're 18. You get to make choices now. You can. And so I really did dig into studying religion and spirituality to find out what I truly believed. And years later, I told my, I was talking to my mom about it. And I said, why did you become so Catholic? She said, well, I had an experience. I said, what was the experience? She says, I had a full out of body experience during a mass. She says, and I was up out of my body. I looked over, and there's two or three other of us out of our bodies looking at the altar. Wow. And she never ta- she never talks about it at church. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. they don't believe, you know, it's not you, your experience. It's Jesus' experience and God's yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. Very separate. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, to me, I had to come to this place where, where that source, that creator, and I were one and working together in each present moment. Does that, did that answer your question? It does. And I know that feeling that you're talking about where it's, it's a complete energy shift. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and when you, when you get to the point where you, when you're truly a conscious creator, as you're, you know, when you're consciously doing it, it becomes so much fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play with, you know, you know, they talk about the law of attraction and stuff like that. I, I you know, that's just a title. But, yeah. Um, I had moments where I, I one summer I really got into refinishing old antique furniture. So I'd go find old furniture and I'd bring them home and I'd put them in my garage and I'd finish them. And I brought home a swivel top mirror desk. And it was a, a dresser, dresser, swivel top mirror dresser. And it was beautiful. And, and I'm restoring it, but it was missing the finials that held the mirror on. Okay. So I made the conscious choice that I'm going to just get them. The next piece of furniture I bought was a maple desk. No mirror, no nothing. But in the drawer of that desk was the finials that I had to put on the other one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I have stuff like that happen in my life all the time. And I do. Now I just look look up at the ethers and say, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you have you have to be open to the fact that it's possible. Oh, you know, yeah. if, you, if you, you break it into into science, there's a couple different you know, out of spirituality into science. Right. Einstein said that there is nothing physical here. Everything that you're witnessing in your life, including the hand in front of you, yep. is nothing but pure energy. And yep. in, in his exact words, an energy event. So it's not even matter. It's just an energy event. So everything you're seeing is energy. And, you know, you are in this energy. You are in God's image. Okay. Yes. So now you're in this, in this image, right? Noetic science, you know, you know, noetic science at all? Yep. I sure do. Okay. So they're, they're doing the measurement of our thought and how it's creative and how they can measure the waves of thought. Yep. So our thoughts go out into this energy and create. And so if that's the case, we can create anything, you know, yeah. and you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, um, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. The next line was the best, better line. Nothing will be impossible for you. 
You know, and if you can stay in that kind of space, and then, of course, I like to always throw yeah. in the fact that, you know, whatever you say in God's name is granted, but Moses said God, God's name was I am, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so if you're saying I am wanting, yeah. I am needing, I am hoping, I am trying, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. It's that it's that essence of total faith, and the attitude of faith is not is not. Um, well, I hope that this thing happens. It's like I know this thing's going to happen. It's a hundred percent knowing. It's this well, knowing energy. The, the t- tough part is is recognizing it, and right. The way I've discovered to recognize it is to really look at the words you use. Yes, and and look at specifically what you are saying about the present moment you are in. Yeah. Because if you're saying wanting, needing, hoping, I am, God's name, wanting, God's going to lovingly give you wanting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and yeah. hoping and trying and all the same. Exactly. I am creating. I am enjoying. I am having a great back. My, I am healing. You know, yeah. those are very different statements from wanting, needing, hoping, or trying. Yes. You know? So yes. I constantly, when I talk to somebody, I'm coaching someone, those red flag words pop up. And I'm like, and I look for them. I'm like, oh, how's that, how's that wanting feel? Yeah, Yeah. that's what you're creating. Wanting sends out the message that you lack this Mm -hmm. thing. And so the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, the magnetic resonance that responds to you is going to go, okay, here's more of that wanting because you don't have it. Exactly (laughs) right. And that explains so much about the negative people we talked about earlier. You know, yeah, I am yeah. negative. I oh that's te- oh that's terrible. I'm focused on the negative. The mm-hmm. interesting thing is we live in a predominantly positive world. Yeah, and most people most people aren't willing to look at it. And you know, yeah. for anybody who's listening, if you commute to work and like I live in Akron, Ohio, and Cleveland is about thirty mi- miles north. So if I commuted to work in Cleveland, I would probably pass a thousand cars on the road every day, and every day maybe. But we're going to just say every day for now, one car might be off on the side of the road having an accident. Mm. Tonight on the news, that's what's going to be there. Yes. The anomaly. What should be the headline is that 999 cars made it safely to their destination. Exactly. <laughs> right? That's right. By the <laughs> By the very fact that something's on the news means that it's an unusual occurrence. <laughs> right. It's an, it's an anomaly. And, and it is that shift of focus. You know, they used to, yeah. uh, Jack Canfield, you used to say, Mother Teresa said that, you know, they would ask her to go to, to an anti-war rally and she would decline and say, have a peace rally and I'll come. Right. Right. Because what, what is your focus right. on? You know, if you get focused on something, I, I like to talk about, you know, God, God doesn't see in positives and negatives. God sees in focus and belief. And so you put focus on negative and believe it's negative. God says, okay, if that's what you want, I'll give it to you. I yeah. love you. You know, Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I promised, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, I, that's why I had to start turning off the news, especially after the past four years. Yeah, I don't watch it either. <laughs> and it's, I don't believe anything that's on there anyway. I'm like, it's all spin. That's how I look at it. I'm like, they just want to have people thinking a certain way instead of right. thinking for themselves. And, and specifically fearfully. Fearfully and to keep people in fear. That's exactly it. it because fear keeps you stuck. It creates mm-hmm. patterns. We were talking earlier about the patterns and that was a very interesting tidbit. And I think I want you to repeat that actually for the podcast, because I like the way that, um, that you articulated that. And I also agree with that pattern, those habit patterns that people get stuck in that have to do with fear and that do loop that you're just like, Oh, now I'm stuck in this pattern and I can't get out of this fear. Right. Well, getting out of the fears is, as I said, the tough part, but, but, but the interesting thing is there's one very simple mechanism that is in all spirituality, right? Exhale. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Bringing, you know, you know, you yes. know, if you if you break it into the primal mind, oh, we have a primal fear response, the fight or flight response. We get into any fear. The first thing we do is we <gasps> gasp. Yeah, exactly. You know, we see our kid almost fall off the off the wall. He's walking on. <gasps> you know, we yeah. gasp for air. Right. Most exactly. people say when they're in fear, they they are they can't breathe. Like, oh, I can't breathe. I was so scared. I just couldn't breathe. Right. That's because physiologically, what's happening is their body is holding air in, so that yeah. they have enough air to run further and faster. Exactly. And if you exhale, it's like uh, an actor on Broadway is trained that if they forget their lines. They're supposed to exhale, relax all their muscles. All their lines rush right back into their head. Just relax. Because they've shut off the flight, fight or flight response. Yeah, you're right? constricting the blood flow to your brain. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the next way to break fear is to then choose a positive focus and focus on it. Mm. You know, I was when I was on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, I was talking to soldiers and I'd say to them, how, how can you go out there and know you're about to get shot at? And, you know, how can you know? And they first... They said, we have to set our fears aside, and they compartmentalize their fear. Mm. He says, but it's really easy for us to do that because we have an objective to focus on. Yeah, that's right. Good point. You know? And when you're standing on top of a three-story tower, I know this from experience, <laughs> you're not <laughs> thinking about the tower. You're not thinking about the jump. You're thinking about where the heck you're going to land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because you want, you want to hit that spot, not that one. Right. <laughs> you know? Because you miss by a couple of feet, you could die, right? So you really are in that space of focusing on the positive outcome. So that's what the soldiers do. We're going to go get that hill, take that hill. We're going to go land in that fall pad for the the stuntman. You know, when you are sitting here and you're in a fear mode, first of all, identify that it's fear. Label it as fear. If you're going to label anything in your life, label your fear. Yeah, amen. And, and, And second you label it, it loses its power. Because now it's not whole, you're not in it anymore. It's now yeah. external. You know, John, that's so true. And I found that when I'm having um, fearful thoughts, or you know, I, I call them my Stephen King thoughts. I have a very <laughs> good group of girlfriends who are just so they're we're all like this little wise counselor group of friends, and we're we hold each other accountable. We're very honest with each other, and we're all best friends. And so I know that if I can voice and give voice to what I'm thinking about. It all of a sudden this huge thing. It's like the Wizard of Oz. I've un, I've taken it out from behind the curtain where it seemed so big, and now I've voiced it, and now I see how ridiculous it is when it's out well, there. Well, I'll tell you something else that's really interesting. You know, you're talking about it's looking so big, right? Mm-hmm. Most people think when they're in their present moment, they're looking at this giant goal that they've set. It's it's this giant daunting thing that's out there, right? right? And and they keep thinking, I have to get to that. I have to get to that. But that's not the way the brain works. The brain says, I am here present. And I'm going to stack these small little successes that are in alignment with that. That thing is coming to my present moment to surround me. Yes. Right. So all you got to do is stay here and make successful present moments. Right. And the tough part is when you mess one up, you mess one up. And you go, oh, I'm so dumb. And you smack yourself. And that's why I'm bald. Because I, I kept smacking myself <laughs> on top of that. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Well, that's oh, just, gosh. That's just wasting another moment. Yeah. 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 And so. What I've done, and this is my big secret in life, really, when I mess something up, instead of saying I'm so dumb and smacking the hair off, what's left of the hair off the top of my head, um, um, which I have to, I have to reach back further now to do that. But, <laughs> but um, instead of that, I say, oh, well, that's silly. That's silly. I, I'm not doing that. I'm doing that. And I get back on track. And I make my negatives positive, too, because that just feels good to say it's silly. I laugh at myself. So I've decided to laugh at life and just find things enjoyable and funny. 
Some people can't do that though. It's tough. You know, it's true. And it's unfortunate because um, I'm, I'm very much, I laugh hard at least once a day and it's usually at my own self, something that I've done. I can tell just the way we started our conversation before this podcast. So it's like, we started with laughter. It was the Yeah, we did. Exactly. And just, I think having a sense of humor is paramount. And and I think a lot of though, that took, um, for me, it took unpacking shame and being willing to step into vulnerability that I am a human being and I make mistakes. And sometimes I completely forget to hit record in the middle of a podcast and go, Oh crap, I totally forgot to do that. And just admitting it. And you know, you, it's kind of just stepping out of shame because when you feel ashamed about yourself or you're judging yourself, then everything feels personal. Now you want to, you want to hear a weird esoteric thought on that? Of course. (laughs) Okay. I have a firm belief that that just like the Apostle John said, God is love. And I firmly believe that we are here in this experience to experience our separation from God through our own little control of fear. Mm. And so we're sitting here and we have our hand on this this fog machine of fear. Mm-hmm. And we can crank it up and not see love at all. We can crank it down and see all the love we want. Right. And But it's us with our hand on the wheel that's cranking that wheel. Yeah. And we are here to experience that separation because... You can't experience anything without a baseline, without something to, to measure it against. And to experience God, you have to experience your fears, your anxieties, yeah. and your shame. So that said, I believe there is only one fear, and it's the fear of not being loved in some form. Yeah. You know, most, a lot of people fear death. Well, they're afraid it's going to be a negative experience, mm-hmm. right? right? So that's not loving. So, yeah. right? so, the, so I really believe that we are here to experience our separation through our fears. And so we take our fears as a tool. The question is, when do we realize that it's our hand on the knob? And when you do, you step into freedom. I had this very conversation with, well, with one of the ladies from the Good Time Society. That's what we call ourselves. And about today, we were having a conversation about... Um, you know, life purpose and soul. And I, because I had a download during a meditation. And so I called her to share it with her. And um, I really saw like, we're born, we come out of the womb and we literally, our eyes are covered. And the first thing the doctor has to do is clean your eyes so that you can see. Mm -hmm. And we forget, we come in with spiritual blindness and we forget where we just came from, but we come with this beautiful little fire, this little, this little spark that lives within us, but then we get programmed. We start putting stuff in and we start filling up that space until, like I said earlier with you, the analogy of climbing the mountain that you start unpacking your stuff. And I'm like, when I, you know, you start taking this stuff out of the space and then you make room for the fire to grow. Mm. And that fire starts to now light the way ahead on this path. And it just becomes, everything becomes lighter and more playful and more fun. And I, it's interesting because I almost said the same thing. It's almost like God playing a game with God. Like, oh, let me send this little part of myself to forget about myself to see if I can find myself again. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I am that I am. I am, I am. And then every so and every so often you, you gotta remember the pop I said it too. I am that I am. I am that I am that I am, right? Exactly. It's so it's so interesting. You know, um I'm not sure where you where you first started getting into spirituality. For me it was that I had like I said, I had huge huge experiences. Um I had my, my I had a spontaneous Kundalini rising in a tent before I even meditated. And it was just, I was literally lying there trying to warm my feet up. <laughs> and next thing you know, I had this huge experience. Yeah. The next night I had an out-of-body experience. Yeah. 
And then it was just like, oh, my God, what is going on? And then um, I was getting freaked out because I was Catholic. So my shame and my fear of that kind of stuff was happening. And I found myself in in an event in Canada. And this woman walked over and she just started laying out my whole life. Mm. And she started and she was a pardon. I'm going to use the evil words for Catholics. She was a psychic. (laughs) 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 Well, she started telling me all kinds of stuff. And then she and then I was intrigued. So I scheduled an appointment with her and I went. And in the middle of her appointment, she tells me about a very specific past life, which I'm not going to share. And I was like, "Okay, this is too much. This is too much for me. And the following month or two, two months later, I was in Florida and I went to a holistic fair and I was walking by the the line of psychics along the line. And one of them, I heard her say to her, her person that she was reading, she says, can you wait a minute? And she runs out and grabs my arm and tells me the same past life. Wow. And that happened 19 different times about the same life. Wow. And so I'm having this huge, crazy, and I'm like, this is bat crazy, you know, bat S crazy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. They wanted you to know. Right. Yeah. And then, so finally I said, I can't have psychics tell me this. Mm. So I went and I found a, a regression therapist and I remembered the life. And I remembered it with vivid detail. And and the messages that came through are the messages that I talk about now. You know, the things that I'm saying now are, are very much from that life. So I started speaking, metaphysical centers and uh, the um, Associations for Research and Enlightenment, the Edgar Casey Foundations. And um, I found that what in doing that work, what was happening was they weren't hearing the message. They were hearing the story of the person giving the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... So they were not focused on the message. They were focused on the messenger and right. not taking that inner power within. And so I stopped doing all that work mm. because I, I'm not going to allow myself to be someone's crutch. Yeah. Because, it's, because the whole message is self-empowerment and becoming the creative force within yourself, the conscious creator within yourself. And it's been very interesting. I now do, I now do a podcast called Spirit Cafe. And, and you should – Consider my co-host as one of your potential guests because you would love her. Okay, the, I will. She's the happiness coach. Ooh. You, you would love her. Um, Definitely. And she would love. She would adore you. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, you guys would end up in the same circles, I, I have no doubt. But um, she walked into a room four years ago when I was speaking at a corporate conference, and I felt her presence as she walked in the room because of the joy that she was emitting. And and I I remembered it, and... I left that conference and I kept seeing her face on LinkedIn. She just kept popping up on LinkedIn. And then I was like, I should, I should interview her. Mm. So I, so I contacted her for an interview in the first conversation we had. We're like, let's co-host a podcast together. I love it. Oh <laughs> right? my gosh. Like, you knew. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it was, it's been just lovely. It's been a wonderful experience, but, um, and it's all our, our podcast is all about kind of the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all about you know spirituality without that guilt without that shame without yeah you know, and stepping into that power of being the conscious creator it's such a powerful place to be and you know a lot of it is taking on 100% responsibility for your own self and your own life and choosing to step out of victim and i feel like i am adequately able to speak to that growing up the way that i did and being growing up 
abused and all of those things, but I was very spiritual as a child and I had visitations as oh. a child. Um, God, we have a lot in common, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I had visitations with, from um, an uncle who passed away who wanted me to give a message to my mom. So I did when I was five. I had, I had, I had a cousin who had committed suicide, had me pass mm. a message to his mom. Yeah. So it's like all of those, you know, putting away that victim consciousness, I feel like is so important. And when I was 21, so my spiritual awakening, well, it didn't even start then because I had a near-death experience when I was going to commit suicide. I tried to commit mm. suicide. And I saw and heard the most amazing music that is not of this earth because mm. it was made of light. And I've seen my higher spiritual self. I know what it looks like. I didn't know it was me until recently, until very recently. So all these years later and all that work, even after that experience, John, what was interesting was that I decided to approach that from... Hmm. Well, I think I should be able to explain this from a neuroscientific point of view. I've been <laughs> studying research. Isn't that crazy how you, you go down those tracks? You know, I did the yes. same thing. I did, did the you? same exact thing. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, now I know how the brain works and how the body works. That's interesting, but it still doesn't explain. So yeah, it's just um, being a powerful creator comes with that responsibility of saying, okay, I accept that I, as a powerful creator, am creating my perceptions, my, my world, my worldview lives and dies with me through this eye and this body, just as yours does with you. And I think that once you can step into that responsibility of that, it, you take your own power back, which is the power of the creator. That's completely how I look at it. Right. And, but, but anything that you, anything like, like you said that you take the power, you know, uh, Shakespeare has a couple of great lines and I'm a big Shakespeare fan, right? Um, you know, words without thoughts, never to heaven go. Mm. So your 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 belief behind what you're saying and, and the the you won't take the actions without that thought behind it, right? Yes. Um there's nothing good nor bad, but thinking makes, it, makes so. it so. And so those those thoughts, those you know, you know, you are the one in choosing good or bad, you know. Yeah. That's it's so amazing that, that there's so much um truth out there in the world in so many places and it's right there in front of us, but you have to be willing to open your eyes and look. And say and 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 spot it and see it. You know, Shakespeare was saying spiritual things, but you know, he, you know, he even talks in, in to be or not to be speech. He talks about, you know, if if we struggle so hard, you know, why don't we all just take our life? But it's because we're afraid of what's going to happen afterwards. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that whole yeah. speech is about, right? Yeah. And so it's it's that whole experience of we have the power of our own of our own experience and our own life, and. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I love this podcast, by the way. Oh, I'm enjoying this so much. This is so much you. fun. <laughs> I am too. I love, I love having conversations with people like you who are just deep thinkers and, and think about this stuff. And then also, you know, more often than not happen to also apply it to the realm of work, because that's the biggest area that we create is our work and what we're, how we're serving other people, what we're putting out into the world, the impact that we want to make. So that's a perfect spring point for you to share what you do in the world. What do I do in the world? Okay, now, <laughs> and for me, what I do in the world, it's really interesting you say that because when I stopped doing metaphysical work, I had had uh, a vision, a dream that was very, very clear. And I was in a boat and we're going down a river and the river's flowing beautifully. And suddenly the river stops and I'm sitting in the middle of a stagnant pond, right? And I hear this voice, hey, Hey, and I look over and this guy in the shore said, can you help me find the path? Mm. And I had to paddle my way over to him and put him on the path. 
And now I'm putting them on this path. And I get up the path, and I see some other people, and I say, just follow them. And I turn around to go back. He says, where are you going? I said, to get somebody else. Right? So what I had realized was that, that my, my metaphysical speaking was no longer in motion. I'd mm. come to a stagnant place, and now my job was to stop preaching to the choir and start putting people on the path. Well, mm. where, where in this world are people in most in need of a spiritual message? In corporations, <laughs> in, in company, companies. So what I did was I took my metaphysical messages and I wrapped them in corporate language. Mm -hmm. And I dropped in, and I do a thing in my, talk about the power within, in my corporate action hero speech, which I do for corporations, the final piece that I do, I bring the most timid person I can find in my audience to my stage. Mm. Under five minutes time, they learn to crack a whip and hit targets out of my hand. Right? Five minutes. And it's all by shifting their mindset around their fear yeah. and, and, and giving them the positive reinforcement from me and from the audience. The mm. audience is, is specifically giving it to them. And mm. then there's a moment where I, I'm addressing their fear in, in, in a very specific way. The, the big moment is when I'm holding that target out there. Right? Yeah. I know her fear. I have to look at it empathetically, right? Her fear is hitting me. I look her right in the eye and say, I promise. I promise you're not going to hurt me. So, you know, sometimes when you're leading people through stuff like that, you got to lie to them. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't take my eye out. <laughs> 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 I, I have I have complete faith. I have only been hit once mm -hmm. in the hundreds and hundreds of times I've done it, and and I could I could tell you exactly why it happened. Mm. At, it was and by the way, it was the only time I chose a man to do it instead of a woman. Okay, <laughs> all right, first and last. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men get on stage, you put a whip in their hand, their testosterone kicks in, and you, yeah. you're done, right? Yeah. But on the way to the stage, his boss actually said, "I want to see this guy get hit." So oh. he actually he actually put it in his mind before he even hit the stage. Yeah. But, wow. But I other wow. than that, I have never been hit. As you're saying that, that you're using a tangible item and a demonstration to change shift people's confidence. I'm it's you're giving them the same Viking hat that right. you had yes. yourself. Well, the interesting thing, and I've talked to people after the after the fact, like years after the fact. The person who comes on stage, I specifically choose the most timid person I can to come mm. to the stage. Yeah. That person comes on stage, they have a life-changing experience. Oh, yeah. Because they've, they've just gone up there and they've just done something amazing. And I'm like, you are an action hero. You know, you are really love that. kicking butt, right? And then I have the audience say, isn't she an action hero? And they're cheering for this really timid person who has just done something amazing. Mm. The other thing is, is those people in the audience know she's timid. Right. And they see that happen with someone who is so sh closed off. Yeah. It's cha it changes them as well. Yeah, definitely. And it, cha it definitely changes their relationship with that person because now they're like, oh, she can use a whip and take targets out of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Better be nice to her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really beautiful. And it's like those moments that you gift somebody, you never know how that kind of like that's a to me i look at everything as dropping little pebbles in people's ponds of their reality and you're creating ripples and so when you're dropping like you're dropping a big old boulder in their pond you're like Psh. it's like who knows what kind of ripple and impact that that's going to make so i love that you do that i've been doing that for for o over a decade now wow and it's so funny as i remember the first time i did the actual 
bringing someone on stage and doing that, I had never done it before. But I had complete faith that I could do it. And I had complete faith that they could do it. Wow. And, when I wa- and I walked on stage. And what's really interesting, when you, if you go to corporateactionhero.com, that's my corporate website, you look at my promo, there's a video in there. And in the middle of the video, there's like four or five women who are taking targets out of my hand. And there's one that's in a very small room with a blonde-haired woman with a black outfit on. That was the first time it had ever been done. And it and I act like I've done it a million times in the video, right? Wow. I I literally sit there and I still use the video because it was it was that good, right? Um, but it took me having the faith that it could happen. It took me having the faith in them. Yeah. Well, if you, if you go to the website and you look at the, the the promo video, you'll find you'll see all the spots with all the little women cracking the targets. The one woman in the black outfit is the first time I'd ever done it. I had that faith. I had that confidence. She could. And we just did it. I mean, I, yeah. I literally, I went in there and acted like I'd done it a million times because you got to be the change you want to see in the world, mm. and you got to create that experience. You know that you already have done it. You know, or you that yeah. you know you have belief and faith and confidence. You know yeah. your thoughts behind those words. The other thing is, is that that um, is that experience for for that audience. You know, transcends not just their work experience. They're going to carry that into their personal lives and right. change, change them. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me after a speech and said, "Because at one point in the speech, I, I say there might just be one person in this room who's really getting this message that I'm talking to you," and I always have somebody come up and says. <laughs> it was me. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I love the work that you're doing in the world and your podcast and you, I'm so glad that we connected and oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for literally another hour. Like <laughs> it's such <laughs> well, a let's great do it again con- sometime. Definitely. It's such a good conversation and there's so many different areas and springboards and things that we could talk up, talk about really. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll drag you onto spirit cafe with, with Tamara and I, and we'll do a three-way. That'd be, I'd really be honored. Fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Thank you. I would love <laughs> yeah. to for sure. That'd be great. All right. All right. John, I'll talk I'll to t- <laughs> yeah, please do. Thank you. Tell people where they can find you and get in touch with you. Easiest way to find me is corporateactionhero.com, um, and you'll see all kinds of cool things on there. Um, I have a 5F workbook they can have that it will help them through my 5F process that I use to get out of that bed. Uh, uh, it's right on my Podmatch host, so you can pass that link along. Perfect. And um, and uh, you can also find uh, Spirit Cafe Podcast. You, just, you search that on Facebook and YouTube, <laughs> everywhere every, podcasts are every podcast <laughs> pl- platform in the world. Yeah, awesome. we just started it. We're only into our today. We just did our seventh episode. Oh wow, good. Okay, well, so, good for you. Congratulations. Well, well, thank you very much. So it's very young. We're having a great time. So it's gonna fun. Be fun. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm going to listen in myself and share it with my circle and my community too. Because I'm oh, always great. looking for anything that impacts the world positively and opens minds and hearts is it's my service what i love to do so and i'll make sure you get information on tamara because you'll 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 love her to death you guys oh. are, you'll be like sisters i, I, I swear to god i can't <laughs> wait yay well thank you john for joining me here and for your time and for the work that you are putting out in the world i appreciate you no thank you and you are much appreciated as well have a oh, great thank day. you you too i'll talk to you soon you've been listening to the powerful creator show with cheryl sosnowski Subscribe at iTunes or go to PowerfulCreatorShow.com and join our email list so you never miss a future episode. Have a powerfully creative day.